The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey everyone, Anthony Kazenzi here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, bringing you the Monday News Jump, Bengals News Jump, NFL News Jump, AFC North News Jump. We're going to get to a lot of different headlines. A lot of headlines. It feels like a little little more than usual this week uh, that we're going to be getting to, but happy to have you with us. Hopefully we've all taken a minute to decompress, de-stress, and I don't know. I guess, process what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals and Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. Not a good result there, but hey, uh, we move on and uh, we, we move forward and I'm seeing, hey, you guys are all friendly. I love you. I love you guys. Curtis L., what up? JC Anthony, good to see you, buddy. Rough week, my dude. Lindsay, hey, Anthony. Hello to all of you. Hello. Thanks for joining live. I appreciate this. And uh, we're going to get to a lot of different stuff. Unfortunately, not great news as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals going forward. Um, they not only lost yesterday, and I guess this is kind of where we can start. Um, not only did the Bengals lose yesterday, but they lost a valuable player in DJ Reader. I'll get to that in just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna just be that guy who strokes his own ego right off the bat. I'm gonna share a tweet that I put out this morning. I thought it was kind of interesting because I just had this random thought. So in case you haven't seen it, uh, I put this one out. And by the way, yes, I do like Cobra Kai. In case you can't tell uh, by my avatar there. But at any rate, the Bengals made seven major outside free agent moves this offseason with DJ Reader, Von Bell, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Xavier Suofilo, Josh Bynes, and Mike Daniels. And to date, of those, five either have or will have missed at least one game by week six, and four of those seven are on the newly formatted injured reserve list, and those include DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, Xavier Suofilo, and Mike Daniels. That is not how you draw up a free agency season, (laughs) to say the very least. That is not how the Bengals envision this going, and it is, with that, there is a little bit of a concern with are the Bengals going to be gun-shy going forward in free agency once again because of all the injuries and 
a little bit of wasted money that they've put into that endeavor. Um, are some of these guys going to come back and make a big difference, whether it's late this year or early next year? Who knows? Um, you know, Waynes is probably slated to come back sometime next month, I would say. Xavier Suofilo probably within the next couple of weeks. Those will be two nice additions, but you know, is it enough to get this team to be, you know, ultra competitive and or, you know, sniff the postseason or get those wins against Pittsburgh, Baltimore? I don't know. Uh, so in case you did not hear the grand news, um, the Cincinnati Bengals have put DJ Reader on, and this is on CincyJungle.com, they have put DJ Reader on injured reserve and signed veteran Defensive tackle Xavier Williams. Um, so was Williams kind of a journeyman. He's 6'2", 309, sixth-year player out of Northern Iowa, college free agent, played for the Cardinals, Chiefs, and Patriots, and was cut earlier this year. The Bengals brought him in for a workout um, a couple of – I think it was last week. They brought him in for a workout, didn't sign him, and then, of course, when Reader goes down, they – they need to do something there. So now it's going to be, they get Atkins back, but they lose DJ reader. And it's just the irony of all ironies. The hope was that you would have, you know, a, a older, but still productive Geno Atkins next to DJ reader and ascending player in the NFL, one of the better defensive tackles. And those two really never got to play together. They played some snaps this weekend, but not very many because reader left the game early and Atkins was on kind of a pitch count and we'll, we'll get to the snap counts later. So, uh, that's the move. Xavier Williams, they brought in uh, a veteran defensive tackle. He now will be rotating in with the likes of Christian Covington. They've been moving Khalid Kareem, the rookie, kind of around the defensive line. I don't know what's ahead for Carlos Dunlap. They, at times, sometimes like to kick him inside, but he's been kind of relegated now to more of a rotational role, as was noted last week. So, uh, when we took the air yesterday for the post-game show, we didn't quite know exactly what was happening with DJ Reader. We knew it was pretty serious being carted off the field, but, um, you know, it's official now. They put him on IR, and uh, it's a left quad injury for Reader. So um, their big ticket free agent is on IR along with many others. So, you know, you can take that for what you will in terms of the impact of these guys being on IR and where the record currently stands by the team. You know, it's kind of a chicken or the egg argument there. But regardless, Bengals made corresponding moves there. So we're going to move on a little bit here. Uh, the Let's talk a little bit about the snap counts from yesterday. This is also on CincyJungle.com. By the way, I'm Anthony Kazenza. In case you're new around these parts, I'm with Cincy Jungle and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to have you joining us on Monday helping you get your week started with a lot of different news and notes. We're going to go through a lot of Bengals stuff. We're going to do some uh, AFC North and NFL stuff as well. So hang with us. We uh, will be here for a handful of more minutes and then um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you more shows as the week progresses, but let's get to this one here. Uh, let's see where we're at. Here is the snap count. Uh, Snap counts from, and this is from Patrick Judas on CincyJungle.com. As I mentioned, Geno Atkins had a, I think he only played, I think he played less than 20 snaps. We'll have to kind of take a look to that. But uh, 
Akeem Davis Gaither, some of the big notes here. Akeem Davis Gaither getting 50 snaps. Uh, Logan Wilson had 30, kind of made the most of those, had one interception, almost had another. Akeem Davis Gaither also had one kind of hit off his chest, neck area that he should have grabbed. So uh, Lamar Jackson was giving a lot of opportunities to the Bengals to try and give them a win, and the Bengals did not um, did not really did not really take advantage. Um, you know, he, he threw the one interception and then, you know, there were two or three others that Lamar Jackson should, should have been caught of Lamar Jackson and the Bengals held, I mean, to their credit. And then maybe this is why Davis Gaither, they felt had the most snaps and why they rotated. You can see Jermaine Pratt, 36 snaps, Josh Bynes, 39. I mean, Hey, Lamar Jackson was held to 183 total yards yesterday. And, uh, through the interception, it was one of his worst games, worst starts as a pro, and so you got to credit the Bengals' defensive plan, I guess, on that front. But when he was giving them gift-wrapped interceptions, they did not take advantage, unfortunately. Would have been a little bit of a different game if so. But, hey, you know, the defense did enough. They gave up 20 points. I know the team lost 27-3, to but they they only gave up 20 points on Baltimore's home field. You, get, you think that the, that would give you a good chance to potentially sneak away with a win there. But guess not. Uh, A.J. Green had 28 snaps, and then he left. Obviously, if you joined us for the post-game show, there was some hubbub, I guess, about some a video clip of A.J. Green on the sideline, uh, potentially saying something about, if you're not going to use me, trade me. That's speculation at this point, and we'll have to wait and see what he says about that, if anything. But, uh, you know, obviously some frustration there on A.J. Green's behalf and the team. You know, uh, they're not getting out of him anywhere close what they thought they would be able to get out of him on a franchise tag deal. T. Higgins had the most snaps of all the wide receivers, 54. Mike Thomas, 33. Mike Thomas did have that big fumble. Um, and then Auden Tate had 26. Tyler Boyd uh, didn't. was a little lower on the pecking order, 46 snaps. Little, little interesting there. Here's here's Geno Atkins. Yeah, like I said, it was under 20 snaps. So 19 snaps for Geno Atkins. DJ Reader at 29 before he left for the year with an injury. Dunlap had 29 snaps. So, you know, uh, LaShawn Sims, interestingly, had 50 snaps and more so than Darius Phillips. Both those guys had pretty good days. Darius Phillips graded well from PFF. And LaShawn Sims had a knockaway of a, of a, touch, a potential touchdown in the end zone. Um, so both those guys are playing pretty well, especially given the fact that they are a little lower on the cornerback depth chart because of the aforementioned Wayne's injury. So they're pressed into a little more action than I think a lot of people were comfortable with, but they played pretty well yesterday. And of course, William Jackson having one of his better seasons as a pro as well. He had 63 snaps. So here's just kind of the the snapshot here. Of course, Joe Burrow playing 100% of the snaps. AJ Green only playing 42. Auden Tate 39. William Jackson playing 100%. Von Bell playing 100% of the snaps. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Darius Phillips only playing 71%. Uh, Giovanni Bernard continues to, you know, 24% of snaps. That's, and then of course the other seven to the remaining 76 go to Joe Mixon. Um, would like to see some some kind of formation or something with maybe you get both of those guys on the field at the same time at some point, maybe you get a little creative that way, uh, cre- try and create some mismatches, obviously with the blocking issues though, they, they're a little pigeonholed in what they're able to do in terms of creativity. Jesse Bates had an excellent game as well. He is one of the top defenders by pro football focus metrics. He played hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, he is having a pro bowl level year. Jesse Bates is, 
Um, and then some of the others down here, 48% of the snaps by Logan Wilson. I think he's growing into a, a nice young player for this team. May not be an every down starter or every down player, especially not maybe early on here, but uh, he's making some plays. He's making some plays. He had a good game against the Eagles, unfortunately had the concussion, but came back this week and then, you know, had had another interception. I've, I've been pretty pleased with Logan Wilson uh, to this point. And then, of course, you got the offensive lineman, Trey Hopkins, Bobby Hart, Alex Redmond, Michael Jordan, all getting 100% of the snaps, as well as Jonah Williams. So no one uh, else spelling them. So a little snapshot of the snap count. That's on CincyJungle.com. Go check that one out. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one because uh, we're just talking about all kinds of different stuff. And now this is um, essentially kind of a non-story. But in case you had noticed... Yesterday morning, Sunday morning, there was a story on CBS Sports uh, from, I believe it was Jason Locke and Forrest saying that the Bengals were not following COVID-19 protocols. Um, But now uh, it says there is now a retraction of that. Um, So, you know, uh, it's it is what it is. And I think, you know, everybody's kind of a little bit hitting the panic button a little bit based on what's happened with the Tennessee Titans. And they're trying to keep a tight, uh, you know, a close eye on this and, and making sure that teams are doing the right thing. So no outbreaks happen and the season can continue uh, to the league's credit. They've with these outbreaks that some teams have had, you know, they've gotten kind of creative in terms of, Hey, you know, we're going to make your bye week this week. We're going to push back a game and that sort of thing. Um, they've gotten pretty creative and haven't really sacrificed a lot of time uh, or any time really of, of the NFL schedule. So, um, you know, that's that's something I guess to kind of give them kudos for. But just in case you read that article that has now been debunked, um, you see here Emily Parker, the data used in the report was not correct. Accurate data shows the Bengals continue to demonstrate strong compliance and good results. By the way, in case you don't know, the Brown family has legal backgrounds, law backgrounds. So I I tend to think that when there is something that needs to be followed, they really follow the letter of the law and they really, uh, in those types of details, they may not (laughs) keep a closer eye on some of the other details of their organization, but in those details and following league rules, I tend to think that they would be pretty on top of that, given their legal backgrounds and whatnot as a family. Let's keep going here. There are, uh, we're, we're going, we're moving slowly into next week. The Bengals take on the Colts. Uh, Colts are an interesting team. They started off, they started off with a, uh, a, a loss to the Jaguars and then they rattled off two wins. And then now, you know, they lost again here this last week. So uh, not a, not a great start to the season for, the Colts, uh, it's kind of been an up and down, up and down season for them. And Philip Rivers has also kind of been not as advertised for them. But basically, right now, um, the Colts are favored initially by nine and a half points. So that is the biggest spread of any w- week six contest so far this week. So that is kind of where we're at (laughs) when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. And unfortunately they haven't done much to prove otherwise that they are deserving of (laughs) uh, respect in that, in that area there. So 
just in case you're betters and you're thinking about betting on the Cincinnati Bengals, that is the current line. Nine and a half favored. Indianapolis is favored by nine and a half to this point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So here are a couple of other news and notes. This is from CincyJungle.com as well. Uh, And yes, I will expand my horizons in terms of what I share with you outside of CincyJungle.com. But this is their kind of, I guess, link dump for lack of better terms. This is the Bengals news. Uh, you know, you can see they dealing with injuries on the, on the defensive line. Uh, by the way, the defensive tackle position in general for the Cincinnati Bengals, this, this season has just been ravaged, whether it's Tupo opting out of the season, DJ reader, Mike Daniels. I mean, it's just left and right. And that's, that's a pretty critical position on, on the defense that the Bengals really tried to shore up in a lot of ways this year. And unfortunately it's, they're just snake bitten when it comes to when it comes to the injury bug in that position. So right here, Jesse Bates kind of, and this is, I believe courtesy of bangles.com. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, like I said, at the beginning of the week, this is a quote from Jesse Bates, by the way, like I said, at the beginning of the week, I think that we had a really good game plan going into it to stop that zone read and the quarterback stuff said free safety, Jesse Bates, but we didn't do well on third down. He's correct. They did not. And we didn't emphasize that. I don't understand why you wouldn't emphasize getting off the field on third down, but okay. It's emphasized every week, but we didn't do that well this, we didn't do that well today. So some more quotes by Jesse Bates, who again, played very, very well. The defense played overall. Okay. Uh, They did enough. I would say for the Bengals to potentially get a win. If the offense did anything that was resembling competency and unfortunately they did not, there were some mistakes and this is, this is, kind of the theme of the year if you look at every week and yes this was a blowout loss but if you look at every week there are a handful of plays that the Bengals have been given and opportunities for points and they they just they don't do anything with it and that's why they're one three and one there were opportunities in the first game the overthrow of a wide open AJ Green John Ross missing the touchdown in the end zone at one. There were some dropped interceptions throughout the next couple of weeks. And when they did get interceptions, the offense rarely took advantage and stepped on the throat of an opponent by getting points. Oftentimes when they're getting interceptions, the Bengals are just punting the ball away. And that is something that is directly leading to the one, three and one start to the season for them. Uh, you can see here, there's a, there's a, another Bengals.com article basically talking about the toughness of the AFC North and what Joe Burrow was exposed to this week in terms of the blitz. And we knew, we knew the Ravens were going to blitz this week. Uh, They have trouble getting to the quarterback with just four, uh, you know, four down linemen. They needed to blitz people and they did. And if you look of those seven sacks, they were all over the place. A couple of them were defensive backs. A couple of them were linebackers. And then, of course, you did have some defensive linemen getting in there as well. But they were blitzing from every different direction, and the Bengals just did not have an answer for that. Uh, here's some quotes from Zach Taylor again. You can probably find this on, on Bengals.com as well. But 
I thought the defense did a lot of good thing, really good things. The offense put the defense in a lot of tough positions with turnovers, penalties, and really the defense gave up 20. Well, what do you know? Zach Taylor and I are preaching the same message. <laughs> the defense gave up 20 points over the course of the game. We had a fumble for a touchdown at the end. They did a lot of good things we can build off of. If they play like that again, we can win a lot of football games. Again, this is one of those times when we didn't compliment each other on both phases of the ball. And offensively, we have a lot of work to do. So that's, you can hear more, I guess, from, or read more from Zach Taylor and company on Bengals.com. Uh, some others, you know, you see the Ravens defense making Joe, Bengals Joe Burrow look like a rookie. And yes, quite honestly, yesterday was the first time I really saw a flustered Joe Burrow, a guy that just didn't, you know, even when the chips were down in other games, you know, he had that bad shovel pass in week one that was intercepted. And there were just some other things where, you know, it just wasn't going his way, some dry spells. Even in those types of games, even when the Bengals defense couldn't stop the run against Cleveland, you, you felt like, okay, he was still going to get the team back in and he was still going to get some points on the board, get them within reach at least, if not try and claw them to a win. And it just is, did not work on any level yesterday. He looked flustered. He looked pressured. There were missed throws. He missed a, a, a throw to a wide open Joe, uh, Joe Mixon out kind of after he broke away from a sack, kind of uncharacteristic of Joe Burrow there. Um, and, hey, you know, the Pro Football Focus credited Joe Burrow with – three of the seven sacks yesterday. So they're saying three of those are on him for not really having the pocket awareness. But look, that that happens with a quarterback like Joe Burrow. That happens with some of the top quarterbacks that create, that ad-lib. They're going to take hits. They're going to take sacks. And you take that along with, um, you know, the, the, the great and the good that they give you. But your offensive line has to hold up much better and than the Bengals have done this year. Um, you know, if, if Burrow's going to run into sacks, I think you kind of take that, but I don't know. You, uh, they got to do something on the offensive line and we'll see what they shake up here. Let's go around the league a little bit. And before we do just want to remind you all that you can get the Monday news jump with us, uh, every Monday after the game. So we'll be going through all kinds of different headlines, et cetera, for you. Hopefully you enjoy this. And then we've got our Wednesday kind of analysis longer show, John Sheeran and I. We got, we talk about what happened, what will be happening, and all kinds of different facets of the Cincinnati Bengals in their game of that respective week. We do listener questions live on Friday, so you can submit your questions and we answer those on air. We appreciate the feedback there and love the interaction that we get from all of you, not only in the listener questions live, but in all of the episodes that we have. And then, of course, Sunday, we have a pregame show with Matt Minnick, John Sheeran, and myself by, brought to you by Narragansett Beer. And then we do the postgame show. So we're bringing you a lot of stuff. And then aside from that, you've got Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk, both video and podcasts. And then, of course, you've got Ace and Zim bringing you stuff on Orange is the New Black and New Stripe City, their podcast. So... Um, a lot of stuff we're bringing you, hoping you're liking it. So let's go around the league a little bit. For those who maybe watched the Cowboys-Giants game yesterday, there was a very ugly moment in that game. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott got pinned. He was running with the ball. Seemed like a pretty just kind of benign play. Uh, running with the ball. Leg gets tra uh, trapped under him and the tackler. And then, of course, you, you, it pans down to his ankle and it's turned to the side compound fracture, I guess 
the break broke the skin. Um, so pretty ugly there. He will be likely out for the entire year. Um, so with that came Andy Dalton coming into the rescue for Dallas. And in that game, he played pretty well. He had two big throws on the final drive here. Uh, this is, this is the, uh, on Cincy jungle.com and a, a, a tweet here. This is, I believe, yeah, this is, this is the one at the end here. One at the end here. Oh, that was okay. So there's one there and then let's see if there's one at the, yeah. So you see that you see the throw off of pressure and then he threw a deep ball also to Michael Gallup to help set up the winning field goal. So, you know, Hey, uh, kudos to Andy Dalton. And I think a lot of people are, it's still weird to see him in that Dallas uniform, but I think a lot of people, a lot of Bengals fans want him to do well. They want him to succeed, not necessarily at the cost of the Bengals, but, uh, Hey, he's a good guy. Won a lot of games for the Bengals. And if he can lead the Cowboys to respectability, maybe even the postseason in relief of Dak Prescott, uh, good for him. Hopefully Dak Prescott heals up quickly and, you know, does not, does not, without, is not without a job next year. I, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens here. There is another article I want to share quickly on from NFL.com. This is, uh, Stephen Jones, Cowboys executive vice president, saying Dak Prescott is still our future, um, saying uh, absolutely not. He's our future. Now, complicating this issue, as you may or may not know, Dak Prescott was offered a couple of different contracts this offseason and declined them and then went on the franchise tag deal. So he was only on a one-year deal. And so now it's he's got this injury and heartbreaking. If you saw him carted off the field yesterday, tears in his eyes and a lot of different stuff. Not not too great. So around the league, some more. We're going to take a, another spin around the league here. The Steelers won again against the Eagles. And you see Big Ben on rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool's four-touchdown day. By the way, Chase Claypool was the first Steeler, I believe, since 1968 to have a four-touchdown day. Um, he's got some God-given abilities, is what Big Ben says about him. Uh, seven catches for 110 yards. He had three receiving touchdowns. One of them was a rushing touchdown. So just a really, really good game from Chase Claypool. I think a lot of people liked the, the clay there was there to mold for Chase Claypool. Uh, a lot of people worried that maybe he was, um, you know, maybe a little raw to, to contribute right away. Uh, you know, there, he did run pretty well. I think he surprised some folks there. He had a good workout, um, but at the combine. But uh, you know, this is this is a guy that's really kind of being playing some of the best football of all the rookie wide receivers, and that includes a guy like T. Higgins, who's having a nice nice year, and his role is growing, as we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, Michael Pittman and a lot of different guys, a, a deep, deep wide receiver class. And Chase Claypool is definitely up there playing well. And he's a guy that the Bengals will have to contend with for quite some time here. He's playing very well as a rookie. And obviously with Big Ben back, that is making a big, big difference. Let's keep cruising around here. The For those who are Ohio State fans and potentially if you liked 
Dwayne Haskins, Ron Rivera reiterates Washington will start Kyle Allen if he's healthy to play. Um, so Alex Smith came came in first time in like two years. He came in to play after that ugly, ugly leg injury he suffered a while ago. Kyle Allen got the start in front of Dwayne Haskins, which was a little bit of a surprise. There were some rumblings of it, but you know, when, when Ron Rivera came to Washington and took this job, you know, it was pretty well known that he, he wasn't the guy who drafted Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen was a guy that was with him in Carolina. So, and he likes Kyle Allen. So, you know, Ron Rivera is trying to figure out how to win some football games. This is a, not a strong Washington roster and a team that the Bengals face later in the year, by the way, the Bengals appear now, they, they're, they're hitting a gauntlet of, of teams. I think, you know, you, you have the Ravens, you have Indy, you have Pittsburgh. I think they've got Cleveland in here in the next five or so games. And then, you know, at the end of the game, you've, or end of the season, rather, you've got Washington, you've got Miami, you've got a Dallas team that's been up and down and now is on a backup quarterback, which will be very interesting, by the way, when those two teams face off, because Andy Dalton will be in all likelihood, starting against the Cincinnati Bengals. So that'll be an interesting one. But there's a there's a, a, a shot to get to end the season well. There's a there's a real shot to end the season well. And so the Cincinnati Bengals, and, you know, it may be a little bit of fool's gold because these aren't great teams, but um, if they can maybe find something to build upon, so be it. But looks like there is still more quarterback issues in Washington going forward. Some big, big news hit the uh, NFC South late last night, the Falcons announced that they have relieved the duties of Thomas Dimitrov, the GM and head coach, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, a former, he he is, he is their uh, interim head coach. After firing Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, if you remember, was the Tampa Bay head coach for a little while. Did not go well there, but um, he is now taking over. Who knows if he will be in line to take over that job next year. But you can see here, Raheem is a strong leader and a talented coach that has adapted to a variety of roles since joining the Falcons in 2015, said Falcons president and CEO Rich McKay. So big shakeup. They started 0-5, the Falcons. Gosh, just a couple of years ago, they're in the Super Bowl, right? Big uh, <laughs> big fall from grace there for the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to end here with this one. Just a little something for the Monday night game here tonight. Michael Thomas ruled out for Monday night football against the Chargers for disciplinary reasons. Uh he was he had been sidelined, you see here, the past three weeks because of an ankle injury. This is from Tom Pelissero from NFL.com. Saints are just two and two. And Thomas had an insane year last year. But, uh, you know, I think if I, I haven't been paying close attention, admittedly, to the Saints, but I saw something last week where I think Thomas kind of said publicly, he said he's good to go and New Orleans kept him on the bench, and then maybe because he publicly, you know, kind of went public with some of that stuff, that's maybe where this little one-game suspension is for disciplinary reasons. So Michael Thomas, another Ohio State guy, uh, is not playing against the Chargers for the Saints. Kind of kind of interesting. I'm Anthony Kazenza. We're going to get on out of here. Been here, gosh, this thing flew by 30 minutes. 
but appreciate you tuning in on our Monday News Jump. Appreciate you downloading all of our programs that we have on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Subscribe to our, I believe it's under my, my left arm, our YouTube channel. There's a little icon there. Go ahead and click that. Subscribe. We love, we love our subscribers. And please continue to support our program. We, we appreciate it. I will say this. I've got uh, one little self-serving thing I got to say before I get out of here. Today, unfortunately, marks the anniversary of my sister's untimely passing and our family. For those of you who do not know, our family did start a uh, scholarship, memorial scholarship program in her honor. I have some information on that. If you would like, uh, I'll, I'll post that in the live chats. There is a way to donate if you feel so inclined, but um, just want to recognize my sister on this difficult day and recognize you all for uh being supporters of this program and being supporters of what we do at Cincy Jungle. I appreciate it. Thanks everybody for tuning in. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, really wherever you get your audio podcast. And then of course we've got our YouTube channel and all of that. And of course, Facebook where a lot of you seem to tune in. So appreciate it. We'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you Wednesday. We'll see you Friday. We'll see you Sunday. We've got a lot coming to you on tap. Have a good week, everybody.